This is episode 71 for Tuesday, October 25th, 2016. Today, we are brewing beer at the Iron Mash Homebrew Competition. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Sawyer, and together with Chris, Travis, and Eddie, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Well, welcome back to Brew Styles. Today I'm joined by Chris. How's it going, Chris? Pretty good, Sawyer. Thanks for asking. I'm excited to uh, to get started in brewing. This is, I think, my fourth Iron Mash. I don't remember. Something like that. Third? I don't know. Third or fourth? I don't remember. But uh, we've had some some different different ingredients we had to brew with, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what they give us this year. That's great. <laughs> all right well uh travis is also here travis how's it going hey chris i'm doing great glad to be out here and uh, we'll go into a little bit more of the specifics about what we're doing what this competition is later on but uh i did want to note that on the official facebook thing that uh rar had created they used the picture of chris frato and i from last year so that was kind of exciting to to see our face on the uh, official invite but uh, it's an exciting event, and uh, we are all here. Sawyer, Chris, myself, and Frado's here as well. Hi. All right, well, that was fun. Here's Eddie. How's it going, everybody? Uh, this is my first time joining these guys at the the uh, brewing competition, but it looks like it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, we're actually getting called over for our instructions, so uh, we'll be right back after this break. <laughs> we are Bach. Well, we're we're here anyway. So um, we have our our competition sheet. Uh, for the the fifteenth annual, I didn't know this was the fifteenth annual, so that's a nice even number, odd number. Um, anyway, so we don't have our our ingredient box yet, but we do have our schedule for the day and general rules. Uh, so basically, what this competition is is uh, brewers show up and they have no idea what they're going to be brewing. When you get your competition box, it has specialty grains and special ingredients in it, and we have to pick one of those ingredients uh, to use in our beer. We can use more than one, but we have to use at least one of them. Uh, it's always a very interesting conversation on us deciding what we want our base beer to be uh, and then how we're going to use those ingredients. So um, last year was interesting uh, the the three specialty ingredients that were in the box there was uh, Turkish figs and a yeah lemon was like lemon peel some kind of lemon peel or lemon powder or something and then the last ingredient which we kind of scratched our heads at for a minute was um, beer candy syrup and it was the chipotle pepper f- flavor or whatever. Anyway, so we ended up doing a Southern English brown with um, the the fig and the chipotle candied syrup. So that was, uh, I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't really get a whole lot of fig in the in the flavor, but the, uh, the chipotle was definitely present. 
Yeah, they uh, always include some really strange ingredients. I've done this one three or four years, and uh, in the past they've included things like a bag of Red Hots, which that was crazy, um, like almond extract or uh, either, even things that I had no f idea what they were. We had to do some research, like tamarind. One year we brewed a beer with tamarind, and I didn't know what that was, so I had to look it up. Learned a little something that day. That was kind of neat. Uh, they've had rosemary before. Um ground cumin just some really strange things but uh that's that's the fun of this of this whole competition you got 25 groups out we're here at uh, the raw brewery in uh near south side fort worth and uh we're all kind of in the back and everyone has their own ideas of what they want to do so we all formulate a recipe turn it in and then brew the beer that day and then we come back in january to get to trial all these and things and that's one of the one of the most enjoyable parts of this is when you come back and you get to go from group to group and try what they made, everyone has lots of different things. Some people have light beer, some people have dark. Uh, you can even have enough time to make a lager, um, albeit a very brief one. But uh, it's it's really enjoyable, and I also really enjoy looking at everyone's setup because you've got anything from uh, like what we have is basically a burner and a pot and propane, and then other guys have huge uh, metal racks that are welded together. Uh, one group last year even had their whole thing run by an iPad. They just push buttons on the app, and then there was that. So it's a uh, it's a fun competition. We're glad to be out here. Uh, I'm excited to see what our ingredients are and uh, what we can come up with, uh, all five of us. But uh, we are actually drinking already. Nine nine o'clock in the morning. Go figure. And we've had a couple things. So right now we're drinking a beer that Sawyer has created. So tell me about it. Well, this is uh, this is my uh, very black milk stout, which it's also entitled Symphony Number no. Ten. It's black, <laughs> so uh, you can check it out on Untapped for reviews. Frado doesn't typically rate his beers that he drinks, so I don't think he's rated any of my beers actually. Have you? Yeah, rated. I don't think I've rated any beers. Black Except for Pearl. Black Pearl, which was a mistake, Black and I can't Pearl. undo it. Five bottle caps for Black Pearl. The raspberry chocolate dunkle bison with strong hints of banana to go with the raspberry chocolate. And lots of pepper. Vodka. It's disgusting. So anyways, thanks, Frado. Um... Uh, Right, yes, I did not blue br black pearl. Blue? Brew. Blue Maybe I'm drunk already. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was blow. Anyways, so yeah, my milk's out. I have no idea what the ABV is because I did no calculations on it at all. I just brewed it and started drinking because that's kind of what I do. So, Eddie, this you haven't brewed a single beer yet, but you're here brewing with us today. What do you think of this so far? I've, yeah, actually, still haven't brewed. Still don't have any equipment. And I probably won't for a while now. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I, I do have a major announcement. Sawyer's not pregnant, but my wife is. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd, hopefully I'll be able to budget it in. Because I'd, I'd like to get into brewing. But uh, this seems pretty cool. It's a, It seems really competitive everyone's definitely keeping to themselves <laughs> uh but uh, it's interesting it's interesting. it's something new to me but uh it seems pretty official so it's really interesting to um take a look around and see all the different kinds of brew setups people have uh they got you know three burner carts with the the big keggles on them what are they 15 gallon 15 gallon keggles um and then you got People with electric systems, um, of course, you know, I think they have to be uh, 110 because uh, you have to have a regular uh, regular 110 power. My brew system I have at home is uh, 220, so I wouldn't be able to bring that here. No way to, to plug that in. They don't want you to do that. So most people here are using propane. Um, like I said, there's lots of brew carts out here. We got single level brew carts. We got two tier. Uh, I don't see any three tier brew carts here today. Uh, usually somebody has one, but we're uh, we like to keep it simple. Whenever we come and do this, we got a simple uh, propane burner. Um, 
you know, turkey fryer kind of burner and a couple of pots, our, um, our cooler mash tons. You are required to brew all grain here at this competition. Um, no, no extracts are allowed. So we use uh, RAR's base grain, whatever two-row that they have. Uh, they supply as much of that as we need. Then we have our specialty ingredients, uh, hops, all of that are included in our competition box. And then um, we also get our yeast from RAR. So it's, it's, uh, they give us everything we need on site, don't have to bring anything. We are allowed to use any kind of water treatment, um, findings like iron, uh, Irish moss, Things like that, we are allowed to to use those things, but no other ingredients are allowed to be put into the beer. Uh, it's kind of the honor system. Of course, once you brew your beer and you take your your wort home, you uh, you pitch your yeast once you reach your pitching temperature, and then um, you know it's it's just the honor system after that. Hopefully, everybody can stay within the spirit of the competition and and not include any ingredients that weren't included in the competition box. I don't think I've ever heard of any anything doing that. You know, home brewers are are a nice group of people and, and everybody wants to win honestly. So never had any issues with that. But I always have a good time coming and coming out here and, and you know, trying to come up with a recipe on the fly and uh, see what kind of interesting ingredients they're going to give us. That's always entertaining. So Prior to drinking Sawyer's Big Blackness, we, uh, <laughs> we actually tried a cider that I made about a year ago, and it was... Uh, very simple, easy cider. It was the first one I've ever done. But um, what I did is I I was at Kroger one day, and I saw they had bottles of apple juice on sale for 99 cents. I was like, okay, well, I'll buy three, uh, thinking they were a gallon, but they were only half gallon each. So I made it home with a gallon and a half. Yes, I, I was not – I didn't have all my faculties whenever I purchased those. So I, I came home with a gallon and a half of apple juice, and uh, – I had a packet of cider yeast, so I split it between those, just fermented it right in the apple juice container. And then I split it three ways since the three bottles. One, I did just a dry cider. So once it fermented, I bottled it, and that was it. One, I did a carbonated dry cider. So it was a... Uh, yes, we are live! <laughs> On recording. Uh, carbonated, but it was still dry, so I had to, had to add a little more little more sugar at bottling and then the other one I did was a carbonated and back sweetened one which is the one we tried that was a little more difficult because yeah once it uh, fermented I had to add a little more sugar for uh, carbonating purposes and then I had to add some unfermentable sugar which I used uh, stevia I think it was called and uh, that was what we tried it actually didn't taste awful it wasn't sour or messed up uh, Sawyer actually said he liked it so that that's saying something because he doesn't like any beer. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice. But uh, if you can't tell, we are we're trying out a new mobile recording system today that we've never used before. It's kind of exciting because we can uh, we can break the boundaries of our studio walls and and now nothing can stop us. <laughs> so we're excited to to break this out and and hopefully we get a chance to go walk around and interview a few of these uh, interesting folks later on today. But uh, we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back whenever we get our ingredients, and we'll go from there. All right. I have a major announcement. Are you pregnant? I am not pregnant. But the beer in my hand is my 600th check-in on Untapped. My own beer. This is the Sessionable Symphony. Is that what we called it? Sure. Okay. Yeah, or Sessionable Sweet something. No, not sexual. Sessionable. Anyways, this has been an update. Major announcement thingy, my bobber. So while we're talking about, while we're talking about Sawyer's uh, Sessionable Symphony, what number is this? Number like 11? Symphony number 11, Sessionable Symphony? Um it's a pretty. It's kind of an older IPA. You've had it for a while, right? Yeah, it's been on tap for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Several months. Yeah, because I remember having it at your house. It's still. It's still pretty good. I I'd probably more or less call it a, a pale ale, at this point, like a British pale ale, because it's it's real soft, lots of malt. But. It's, it's, the, the hops are 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember what hops you used? Uh, well, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, anyway, it's pretty good. So um, I think we're about to get our ingredient boxes. We've been just sitting here drinking beer for a while. So uh, we'll see you back in a minute. And we're back. Well, we have received our box full of ingredients, and we have discussed, and and everything is happening. It's all busy. It's very exciting. But we've uh, <coughs> we've decided on what we're going to do. First, uh, I want to read through the list of what the specialty ingredients were we could choose from. But I have no idea where the list went, so I guess I won't. <laughs> Actually, I think it's in the... Uh, it's in that there we go. Okay. So, for the special ingredients, we had to, we could choose up to three. We had to use at least one in our beer. And they were all herbs and spices. Heather tips, juniper berries, lemongrass, marjoram, rose hips, and sage. And all of these, like, they, they did a, a throwback to historical brewing uh, prior to the discovery of hops which uh, are used as a standard for bittering agents. They used to use just like whatever kind of herbs and spices they could find. So uh, like a lot of historical styles will use uh, like jasmine for, uh, for the bittering agent or, um, or like marjoram was a lot of, uh, a lot of people use that. And then uh, upon the discovery of hops, they realized that was a much better bittering agent and it also had a good preservative stuff. For the uh, for the beer, so they wanted to kind of do a throwback to that, which is exciting because I've never really used any of these before. And uh, what we decided on is a mixture of sage and heather tips upon a base style of a uh, a best bitter. So just a very very soft, easy drinking English style pale ale um, with hopefully. The sage and the heather tips really shining through. We're going to use the uh, use the sage at flame out, so that'll be at the very end of the boil. We'll kind of let it steep for 20 minutes in uh, the near boiling temperatures, and then the heather tips. We're going to make a tea later on. So we'll uh, like whenever we are when the fermentation is done and it's in secondary, then we'll heat up some water on the stove to about 150, 160, and then dip the heather tips in there. Let those just kind of soak and yeah just the tips nothing else and we're gonna let all the goodness kind of seep into it just like you're making a tea at home and then we'll pour all of that liquid into the secondary and bottle it or keg it and uh that'll be that so it's, it's exciting um i mean like i said i've never done anything like this before so it's kind of edging on new new territory yeah so i haven't brewed with anything as far as like herbs go either uh i actually don't think i've done any kind of spices either i know fratto has brewed something with chamomile um and that one turned out pretty strong chamomile it was pretty tasty though so uh let's see if fratto can tell us a little bit about his chamomile beer that he brewed i was discussing kale trees so i don't really know what's going on but apparently chamomile is a beer that I made once. It was a brown. No, it was an amber. Eh, whatever, same thing. So, yeah, basically I just made a pretty straight-up medium of the road. Medium of the road. Middle of the road? Middle of the road beer, and I put chamomile in. Uh, just straight flame out. No boil. I... Oh man, that's been like four or five years ago. But uh, I want to say it was two ounces, maybe, into the flame out. And then into secondary, however however much was left in the bag. This is one of those apothecary shops that sells home remedies. So whatever her bag was, I just bought it and I didn't, I didn't talk to her a lot about it. I was just like... Oh, thank you. Please don't sell me any beads. <laughs> I put about two ounces of flame out and whatever the rest of it was. I didn't make a tea. I thought about it, but I didn't. I just I just put the flowers right in secondary, and it turned out really well, actually. And the chamomile flavor lasted for quite a while, several years, I think, because they, uh, they were in the back of a box in the back of the back living room. 
in the back of the back living room. So they were definitely not, they were forgotten about quite often, and the chamomile flavor was always still there. Vicky liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, there's, that's what we're brewing, and um, we'll get started with that. We'll be walking around, talking to a couple other people, seeing what they're brewing. If they'll want to talk about it, it might be uh, super hush-hush. Not quite sure yet, so um, stay tuned in, and we'll be right back. And we are standing here with uh, Mr. Mikey, and he is also he is a, a competitor with us today. But um, he come by, he came by to say hello. So, yeah, he 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 come by to talk to us today. So, uh, Mikey, tell us about uh, what are you brewing today, my friend? <laughs> I'll tell you if you tell me. We have decided to brew a non-alcoholic beer. With a touch of uh, raw dust that blows in from the from the road, so tell me about yours. Oh, sweet! So, uh, any pebbles in there? Dirty um, pebbles. You know, rocks from the road over there. I'm brewing a lemongrass saison. Now I'm saying saison. I'm brewing a lemongrass pilsner. Interesting. So you're just using the lemongrass, nothing else? That's correct. Okay. We've decided on a a, a best bitter. One of the nice, just soft English. Uh, base style, and we're gonna do the uh, the Heather Tips. Our beer is called Just the Tip. And uh, I might toss in some sage. We're uh, we're debating when to add it. Careful with that. Yeah. Yeah, we know it's like a really intense, and that can be overpowering really quickly. But uh, I might toss it in at, at flame out just for a little bit of a spicy pepperness. Like steep it uh, for uh, uh, whirlpool. We're thinking about that for the sage. Yeah, the heather would probably make a tea out of and just add it at uh, secondary. So I think there's going to be a lot of English beers out here if they're looking for the old style. So I wanted to go simple, plain, easy. I like that. Yeah, that's uh, when you're looking at the overall ingredients they gave us, you can't really do a really bright, uh, intense American beer. Um, yeah, definitely not. And so, yeah, we just had to go with... Well, if they want a historical beer theme, then we need to aim historical old world. So everyone laying it on English. Did you consider using the marjoram instead of hops for your bitterness? Not at all. <laughs> uh, the, the other beer we were considering was a Scottish ale with heather tips. If you, if you research enough, you'll find that um, heather tips were used as a hop alternative. In uh, There's a historical beer called a Froche, I believe. It's a Scottish ale with heather tips. Uh, and I thought about doing that. I thought about burning the snot out of some grain to get some color um, and then using the brown, the honey biscuit, and the caramel. Um, and we may not have been able, may, may not have even needed to burn some grain to get color. I think we could have gotten enough, but I figured there's another team out here that likes to do Scottish stuff, so I didn't do that. Yeah, we thought about that. If uh, they had added some lactose in our box, we would have made a frozen yogurt, but uh, we... <laughs> We opted not to, you know. So, so there's that. Hang on, you're gonna hear a smack, and that's uh, that's his buddy hitting him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike is a good friend of ours. We're glad he came over to say hello, and uh, we wish him all the all the best. Except we hope he loses to us. It's okay. I'll win people's choice again. <laughs> hello, I'm doing great. I will take a blind salamander, please. Sure. And what is your name, sir? This is Larry. He is pouring my beer right now. And this is very exciting because the blind salamander has not been served for quite a while. Pours a very nice orange-amber color. Thank you, Larry. How long have you been serving for RAR? Two years. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. Enjoy. He's very excited. Hey, Vince. And I'm now here with Vince. He is the organizer of today's event. Uh, Vince, I'd like to say, first of all, thank you for organizing everything. And um, I, first, I want to know, how did you get involved in this whole crazy Iron Mash event? You know, when I first started brewing, I had heard about an Iron Mash event happening at a guy's house. And I went there, and it was pretty loose. There was about eight or nine of us, and we, we spent the whole day brewing. And it was an opportunity for me to see how other people brewed. And, and we all talked about it at the end of that and said we ought to start making this like an annual thing because it was an opportunity for us. You know, so many times we as brewers, we spend all day in our garage and don't talk to anybody else because we're brewing our beer. 
So it was an opportunity to kind of get with other people and see what are you making and how are you doing that and how is your system different than mine or, you know, I, I think I'd like to step up to doing what you're doing or, or how is that working for you? So it was kind of a, just a, a technical exchange. There's a camaraderie that was going on. And, and you know, from there it just kind of built. Uh, you know, RAR, the third, the third year out, uh, we approached RAR and said, could we do it in your backyard because our, 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 our competition's getting so big. And they said, yeah, you know, we're never here on Sunday. Have at it. And it just has grown from there. And of course, you'll see people here today. Uh, we've got a, we've got folks from Denton, uh, from Waco, uh, from Eastern Texas, and it's just a cool day. And so I think you know, uh, you know, to kind of bring it all in, Iron Mash is about showing up, and it's about col- uh, about and not knowing, and about collaborating with other brewers. And you know, we got to you know, we moved it to October a couple of years ago for better weather. Today's a little warm. But, uh, but all in all, it's, it's just a fun time. It's a time to come and, and brew, um, uh, collaborate, and, and, and enjoy our, our great hobby of home brewing. Absolutely. It was, um, I mean, it's really enjoyable. I, I remember seeing pictures of the original Iron, Iron Mash that was in July and June, and just like people are covered in sweat. It just really looked uncomfortable. But since moving into October, it's been very pleasant. I think this is my fifth year in a row that I've done this one. But, We've been going for 15 years. It's really exciting. Um, I do know that this year is a lot different from years previous. So tell me, what kind of challenges did you have this year versus uh, years previous? Oh boy, Iron Mash is different in uh, in 2016. You got that right. So um, uh, early on in the planning stages, as we started to talk about to, with RAR about doing our Iron Mash again, and we just like to come out here when when they're not here. You know, uh, uh, Fritz and Aaron approached us and said, you know, we, we think. We haven't been the best hosts, and and they said, you know, why don't, why don't we work with you to kind of promote what you do, your hobby, uh, you know, craft beer brewing, and why don't we make it a day? And we looked at that and said, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, how about we invite the public out and they can see these things, they can see all these different, you know, 25 different breweries, at, you know, this this whole spectrum of you know, propane fired, electric fired, solar fired, or whatever we've got. And, and so they kind of helped to put this day together. And so today's different in that, in that we have food trucks here. We have a band that you can hear warming up in the background. Um, it's, it's a lot more organized. And it just speaks to that we've got a friend in RAR who is leaning forward to help promote not only our hobby, but to help make this day a lot, a, a lot better. You know, they provide all of the base malt they provide the hot filtered brewing water so we don't have to heat all of our water all day you know we have a place to put our our spent grain uh they organize and they and they opened up their tap room which they i don't know that they've ever done this on a sunday for the public to come out here and you can see the public today as they're just kind of walking around you know most people don't know how beer gets made and so it's an opportunity for us brewers to have that exchange with the public while we're having a, a raw beer to kind of help them understand this is how things get made. You have hot water and you have grains and you boil it. And, and we'll be pulling yeast from raw fermenters here just in just a little bit. And I think it's just it's a way for us to kind of connect with the community. We're in beautiful Fort Worth. It's, it's one, and we're in this neat area, this south side area where, you know, breweries are growing up and people are kind of understanding that there's, a, there's an artisanal and a craft element to what we do and, and it's very attractive to the public. Definitely a well-deserved thank you goes to Fritz and Aaron Rahr for opening up their brewery and, and opening up their hearts to us, all of us home brewers. And, and thank you very much, Vince, for putting it all together. We certainly appreciate it. Oh, I enjoyed speaking with you. Great to, great to see you today. And uh, we do this every year. Don't, don't, don't be shy about coming back next year. Absolutely. We're Team Bruce Styles. Give us first place. Thank you. And I'm listening in live with two of my friends, uh, Steve Brown and JB Flowers. They are some competitors of ours. But I'm sure that they are brewing something fantastic today. So tell me, uh, Steve, what can you tell me about your recipe? Uh, well, our recipe, hmm. We've fallen back on our usual standby. We're making a Scotch Ale. And uh, it's going to be a Scotch Ale of a historical character uh, with a little bit of uh, heather tips and possibly a little sage. There you go, folks, from Steve. He said just a tip. So, JB, tell me, uh, 
whenever you're making a scotch style, you have to do some kettle uh, kettle caramelization, correct? So how are you going to do that with just this uh, setup? Actually, whenever we, whenever we started to begin with, we doed in and hit about 149 or 150 and held that for about 15 minutes. But during that time, we went with a thin mash and pulled some liquid off and we did a decoction about 15 or 20 minutes in. So we de decocted a couple of gallons and boiled that and then reintroduced it and brought our temperature up to 153, 154. So, yeah, we're hoping uh, to get some nice caramely flavors from that decoction. And we might do a little kettle caramelization whenever we run off here as well. Wow, so this tin is all about just the tip and decoct. So we have uh, we've definitely had a, a very uh, a wide open ex expose to uh, what are they doing over here. So I'm going to make my way away from them. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, thank you. I'm standing here with uh, two men, Clint and Joe. I think they might be a couple because they're together, but we're going to interview them as one. So, uh, Clint, first, thank you for being here. I know, I know you're better than us homebrewers now because you're a professional brewer. But you know, first, I mean, what is your take of all of this of, of us low people? Oh, you guys screw up on a much smaller level than we screw up at the commercial level. So it's great. It's not as painful. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, whenever I have to dump a beer, it's maybe five gallons and then whatever you screw up um, you're out several thousand dollars so I don't I don't feel too bad for you well, let me correct you on that we never dump beer because we never make a bad beer what we do is rebrand we rebrand that beer true hipster ladies and gentlemen true hipster Joe are you brewing today or you're just hanging out no I say make the iron mash great again <laughs> build more walls yeah build more walls that's right. That yeah, that trumps all over uh, all, all other opinions. So, there we go. What are you guys making? We are brewing. We decided to do a best bitter because we want a nice, simple English base, and then we are going to toss in all the sage, all the sage you can find at uh, Flame Out. And just the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> just the tip of Heather. Oh. Yeah, he Heather. Just Heather's, the tip of Heather. Heather's tips. Oh, Heather's, Heather's tips. tips in there? Rosie's hips and Heather's tips. Okay, I got it. Yeah. We'll make a tea out of those and then, you know, toss in the, the soup at secondary. We'll see what we get. Lean over that long. <laughs> yeah. So it's exciting. Well, Clint and Joe, thank you for being here today. We, you know, I know that our picture was on the one that went out for the official RAR Facebook event. So, you know, I need to thank you personally because I feel kind of personally responsible. So. You are. You are very responsible yeah. when you're not. Thank you. You're a pleasant person. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Good luck. Excuse me, sir. My name is Sawyer Davis. I'm with Bruce Styles. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. What do you think of the competition so far? Well, it looked like all of the um, teams are totally engaged in making the best beer that they possibly can with the ingredients they've been given. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you decided on what you're going to brew? Obviously you have, since given the time period to turn in your recipe. So I'm not part of the uh, brewing teams. I'm, oh. uh, I'm part of the official. So you're judging then? Yes, indeed. Awesome. So are you excited to taste all the different beers? Yeah, I see a preponderance of uh, multi-beer styles, which uh, I personally like over the hops. So. That's awesome. It's going to be an interesting turnout given the uh, actual style of the competition. I think you're right. I think uh, this this year's competition gave a lot of people uh, an opportunity to brew styles that uh, certainly weren't Belgian, which we've had a preponderance of in the past. Absolutely. And what do you think about the uh, special ingredients? I think that uh, the theme of going to historical brewing was really great. Uh, they certainly got a full complement of all the types of uh, spices that were used back in the day before hops became the uh, prevalent uh, bittering uh, ingredient. And uh, so it'll be interesting in how they have adapted to falling back to those uh, older times. Yeah. Of course, of course. Well, hey, thank you for your time. Thank you. Enjoy thank the competition. Yeah. Have a good thank day. You. Thank you. Thanks. Too. And I'm now budding in the conversation between Matt and Doug Zint. Wow, 
Matt, how are you doing? My name is Travis. I'm with the Brew Styles Podcast, and I know you're the owner of a Rabbit Hole Brewing Company. I chatted with Clint earlier. He had nothing but great things to say for you. So, uh, I mean, tell me, what is it like coming back to you know us little guys doing this home brewing competition uh, when you are come from the perspective of a professional brewer? Well, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I remember coming out here uh, years before now doing this, and I just absolutely love seeing what this event has become. I I love the creativity of it. I miss the creativity of it. Uh, it's one of the problems with becoming a professional brewer is I keep brewing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, just some of the amazing concepts that we see out here are really fun to watch. Uh, it's It's been great hanging out here with these guys. They're all my friends. And I, I love the community. I'm glad to still be a part of it. Absolutely. Matt, I'm so glad to see you out here. I mean, we... We've been a big, big fan of just all the DFW breweries, and then uh, Rabbit Hole is certainly one of the ones that has been right from the start. So certainly appreciate you being here. Yeah, and then uh, we got Doug Zinn out here, which uh, he's been a home brewer as long as I can remember. Uh, Doug, what's the last thing you home brewed? Actually, uh, coincidentally, I just brewed a uh, Rapture uh, clone from uh, Matt's uh, recipe over here. Okay, that's a brown ale that they do. It's a brown American uh, English uh, fusion ale. Yeah. It's one of my favorite browns. It is my favorite brown in the world, I think. Yeah. It's the only brown. It's you know, brown. I, I had one of those. Uh, it was a rapture at, a, I guess, Big Texas Beer Festival last year. It was aged on Ethiopian coffee beans or, or I mean, something crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, that was uh, we do an, a, a coffee rapture, and we eventually commercialized that. It's called the Mystic Rapture. It is rapture brown ale made with cold-pressed Ethiopian coffee. And we released that the, the first time as a commercial batch uh, last November. We're doing it again this year for the North Texas Beer Week, which kicks off on November 12 and goes through the 12th through the whatever a week after the 12th is uh, here in the North Texas area. That's our special beer that we're brewing for that event. And, and like I say, it's got the, the uh, Ethiopian coffee blended with Rapture Brown Ale, which is just a brilliant combination. And the first time we ever did it, actually, the first time we ever did it was in Randall form, and we had a really good reception with that. So we put a firkin together, and that really worked out well. And, and that's kind of how we build these ideas up. Is as we come up with with uh, interesting ideas, we'll do it on a small scale, and if the reception's really well, then we'll build it up to a full scale deal. Nice. You said a Randall. Was he cute? Was it what now? Randall. Is he cute? Is he cute? Nah, not really. He's not freaking cute. Okay. No, well, there you go. You, you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. Matt and Doug said Randall's not cute. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate your time. So here I've got uh, Craig. He's a good friend of ours. Um, also a member of the Captain Hair Homebrew Club. And he's also uh, started up a, a really cool thing that I, that I can totally get behind. It's the uh, Homebrew for Heroes. So, Craig, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Homebrew for Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit, and uh, it basically started with the idea that my brother was getting uh, he was getting activated to go to Afghanistan for his third tour, which uh, now he's about to go to his fourth tour, and uh, and his unit, uh, he and I talked, and I was gonna plan to brew like a. I don't know, Russian Imperial Stout with my brother, and uh, something that would age well so we could brew it, ferment it, age it when they get home. Uh, he could share the bottles with he and his uh, fellow soldiers that he was on a mission with. And um, within a week after that idea, uh, the Captain Air Homebrew Club came up with uh, the idea to turn it into an actual organization. I had some guys uh, that were that were willing to help me out, and uh, we, had a, we had a name for the organization, Homebrew for Heroes, and... Um, Basically, it's history. After that, we uh, we formed the group. We started the process to become a nonprofit organization. Uh oh, we got a boil over over there. Um, and uh, then we uh, we brewed up a bunch of beer. And our, uh, when my brother's unit came back, we were able to uh, to hand out nearly a thousand bottles of homebrew to his unit. And uh, so we're we're going public now. Uh, you can find us at hb4h.org. That's the number four hb. The number four h 
org. Um, we are looking to to annex or not annex. I'm sorry, that's the wrong word. I've had a few beers. Uh, we're looking to adopt uh, more units nationwide. So the the business model as it stands is that uh, basically you can if you're a home brewer, you can get other home brewers to help you out, and you can go in and uh, adopt your local firehouse or your local police station. Uh, your first responders, EMS kind of thing, or, or a local military unit. And you can adopt them, brew up enough homebrew, so everybody in that, uh, that distribution gets a variety 12-pack of homebrew. So mine is going to hb4h.org and, and brewing beer. What would you suggest would be the first step? I mean, you talked about going through and, and adopting an organization, be it local firefighters, policemen, who is the contact person normally in those organizations for that sort of thing? Yeah, so at a, a firehouse, uh, for instance, uh, it would be like the assistant chief. I don't, I don't like bothering the chief. He's got you know bigger fires to fight. You know, uh, pun intended. And uh, so I'll, I'll, the volunteers will get their information uh, and they'll submit it to us. We'll actually talk to them in person or uh, you know via phone or via email and we'll get the clearance to go ahead and do what we do you know and, and most of the time everybody's okay with it you know we're just a bunch of homebrewers out here wanting to say thank you uh in a unique way it's it's just a great way to for homebrewers to use their talents to to pass on a little thanks um so yeah we, we talk to the to the powers that be in each unit and we get their clearance and then we go forward absolutely you know the way things are going nowadays, you got to support that thin blue line, right? <laughs> so, aside from all of that, uh, you're here participating in the Iron Mash. So, what are you all brewing today? Yeah, so uh, this is my my personal participation, uh, not ne- not technically homebrew for heroes participating, uh, but we are brewing a uh, Herbie the Imperial, and it is an alt beer, an Imperial alt beer by the name, and uh, we are using the special ingredients of sage, marjoram, and uh, rose hips. Uh, hopefully the sage will get us a little spiciness on the end like uh, alt beer has. The rose hips will add a little uh, fruity esters to the profile, and the marjoram, I don't know what we're using it for. We're just using it to use it. Maybe a little bitterness. Um, throwing those all in at the end of the boil, about 10 minutes, and um, we are very much imperialized right now. We're, our first runnings were about 11.03. Yeah, that's pretty high. <laughs> that's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, we're talking to a couple people around the, uh, the brew competition, and there's so many different things that are happening. Like right now, we're, we're brewing a best bitter, and we're using the sage and the heather tips. We're going to, you know, try to showcase those, those um Spices, I guess those uh, those elements, herbs, a little bit, and uh, so we're brewing something a little bit on the low side. We're gonna shooting for a four and a half percent, and if you're on the imperial side, with that OG that you just mentioned, that's that's gonna be on the on the high side. So, those of you that are uh, are new to the the Iron Mash Homebrew Competition, it's it's a wide variety. So that's uh, it's good to to hear that input. We've had a couple of other people we've talked to that are, you know, we're all over the place. We have IPAs, we got you know, Saisons, we got the Imperial side, strong alcohol, and then we're on the low alcohol side. So that's that's definitely interesting. So, well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate you stopping by and uh, and talking to us for a minute. Oh, yeah, you're more than welcome. Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to a couple of guys that have helped me get this thing going. Uh, Houston Fullerton, uh, Zachariah Swenson, and uh, Kyle uh, LaPointe. They're on my board. And... Uh, and props to Fritz Rar for helping us get started. Uh, lots of love and lots of ingredients and uh, bottles and so forth. And uh, definitely a shout-out to Stubby. He's been a, a huge supporter of us uh, at Texas Brewing Incorporated. Uh, if y'all need homebrew supplies, go, uh, go talk to the man. He'll hook you up. Cheers. Yeah, Stubby's been on our podcast before, and uh, we've interviewed him and talked to him. So definitely check out his, his uh, website, txbrewing.org. And... Uh, Absolutely check out hb4h.org. Homebrew for Heroes is a fantastic organization that we can all get behind and support the people that keep our country free so we can do the homebrewing that we like to do. So check that out. All right, we'll be back a little bit later with another interview. Thank you. This is not radio. This is live. 
We are here. Okay. Are we? are we here? I don't know. I don't know. Um. Yes. This is exciting. So, first of all, I just, I, I know you're not participating, but tell me, what do you think about this year's competition compared to last year's competition or years previous? This year's competition had a unique spin on it from what I've heard. And the winning brewer will have a chance to brew their batch at RAR and potentially enter that beer in the Pro-Am at GABF next year, which is a really cool twist. And I want to add that I'm doing this interview under duress. I'm being blackmailed. People can send me money from my lawyer's fund. That's okay. He decided to wear an orange shirt on his own. It was not an orange. Um, uh, yes, yeah, Schooley, thank you for doing this interview. We do appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I always wonder, I know that you've done this, this uh, competition way more than I have. I think this might be my fifth year and I'm sure you've done it from maybe the start. So it, it's changed from year to year. Obviously from the beginnings, it was in like July and June because I remember seeing pictures of you where you're just like covered in sweat, like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And now we, we moved it to October for the past two or three years. So, I mean, how has it changed, and, and where do you see it going from here? So I think the first Iron Mash I attended was in Clint's aunt's driveway. So that was second-generation Iron Mash. My first um, participating brew at the Iron Mash was, I think, the first year at RAR in the front parking lot probably had, I don't know, eight or ten teams. And my last last one was in a July in the corner. The pavement registered 150 on the thermopen. And I think Carl's neck registered 120. <laughs> and we wondered why we were doing this crazy thing and decided we were going to hang it up and just come take pictures, drink beer, heckle the people that are standing over these boiling pots of hot liquid. And that he does. He heckles all of us. We've been talking about uh, uh, one group has had decoction and another group has had just the heather tips. So um, I guess school is here for all of that stuff, just the cock and just the tip. So thank you very much for being here, and we appreciate your time. Thank you. Cheers. Here we are at the uh, 2016 Iron Mash uh, Porta Potty interviews, and I'd like to talk to Stubby. So um, out, of, out of all of the years that you've been involved with Iron Mash, how is this year different? I think it's fantastic. Uh, I really like the idea that uh, we've changed a lot of stuff. Um, I really think it's for the better as far as we, we assign spots. I think it's fantastic. Uh, we really try to go a little bit different and really change up the spices this year, make it a little more challenging um, because we think we were kind of doing a lot of research and you know hops are a recent thing to the overall brewing. I mean, we've been brewing since the dawn of civilization. So what have they been using all these years? So uh, we tried to change it up a little this year. Even though we supplied you with hops, we did try to give you uh, some traditional brewing spices to kind of bitter with. So I know the pro brewing team over there is actually doing a gruit. So if you wanted to do that, you could actually do it. So, so if you wanted to gruit, you could do it. I like that thinking. Yes, thank you. Well, this porta potty is open, so thank you, uh, Brendan, for talking to us, and we'll uh, let you pee Anytime, later. Anytime, brother. Anytime. <laughs> And Superman tried to run away, but we are going to talk to you, my friend. Uh, tell me, what are you doing today? Your mom. And is is she yeasty or not? Your mom. Okay. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We have a yeasty mom, and uh, let's hope they win. So uh, cheers to you, my friend. I'd like a cigar. You know what? They left the Fredo, did you have to put your mouth on it? Yeah, I did put my mouth on it, and it still nothing came out. Why did you have to put your mouth on it? Sawyer was stuck. I had to blow him out. Can I put my mouth on it? Uh, you're going to put your mouth on your own thing? Yes. That's talent right there. I, I got rid of ribs. What? I had surgery, got rid of ribs. Oh, I thought you said... <laughs> I thought you said it has ribs. Like, you know, what has ribs? I like ribs. I really like ribs. When did you have the 45-degree ball lock installed? Stainless steel. 
That came with it from a uh, specific store. It comes. It comes stock. I would like to name that store. It is a Home Depot um, cooler. Home Depot. Yeah, but it was modified by uh, Texas Brewing Inc. by Brendan Stubby Stubblefield. So Stubby has ribs and put it on your thing. Yes. <laughs> and Fratto had to blow on the thing that Stubby had ribs on. He blew on it real good. Okay. That got out of hand really quickly. And we're done. <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm t- I'm Dang it. I was going to say that. Too. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm going to drive home. <laughs> it's across the board. Yeah. But it's been a fun day. Uh, we are finally cooling. It took a long time. Cooling? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Chilling. Or uh, okay. It's the same or thing. It's the same thing. Young beer. Do we uh, sanitize? Did we have Sam on? I did. Sorry, did you sanitize? I'm pretty sure I did. Pretty sure. I guess we'll find out later. Yeah. yeah. All right. Because I... Uh, no, I chilled and then tossed in the <laughs> half ounce of sage. We're all talking into our one mic pretty pretty well, actually. This is a great one, Mike. I've gotten better. Mike was never with us. <clears throat> Thanks, Mike. Um, ah. So we're. <laughs> I guess we're hoping for the best. I now that I think about it, we probably maybe should have gone less on the sage but i don't know yeah. everyone everyone we interviewed was like go go easy on the sage and we just kind of tossed in all of what we had i like sage not just the tip <laughs> no sage is very nice um but yeah we'll make a sage. tea out of the heather tips later on and uh sage yeah heather's tips are very nice sage. <laughs> but uh I, anyway i guess sage. yeah thank you for joining us for our latest episode of brew styles where sage. our topic of discussion was walking around and talking to people <laughs> sage join right, us man. next week whenever we uh sage. do pumpkin beers uh times two again sage <laughs> you're drunk go home okay <laughs> cheers until then Hoba.